0: State Champs Nation, Lauren Plant here. Before we get to this podcast, I just wanted to bring you a quick programming note. The State Champs Sports Network is expanding our podcast programming. In order to make it easier for you to listen to the podcasts you want to listen to, we wanted to break them all out. You can find each of our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, from Apple and Google Podcasts to Spotify and so many more. If you're a State Champs superfan, you want to listen to them all, you don't have to a change a thing. We'll still be posting everything in this feed. Now on with the podcast, it is a postseason edition. Of the state champs Indiana Extra Point podcast, my name is Greg Rakestraw, joined as always by Bob Sambazzi. and as per usual, we are sponsored by our friends at Lawrence Technological University for 100 degree programs offered at university consistently ranked one of the best in the Midwest according to U.S. News and World Report. Find out more
1: at ltu.edu. Brother Baz, how you doing? Just awesome. Peachy, ready to go. Another great week of high school sports. All right. So uh, we always
0: start, not always, but the majority of the time, I simply refer to you and say, hey, tell me about your game. But your game was at the epicenter of COVID or not to COVID. Uh, And and I don't say that flippantly, um, but of the handful of schools last week that announced they were going to uh, have to sit out of the tournament or would not be able to answer the bell when it rang for them come postseason time. The one that drew the most attention in the state was one a number three, I believe, Southwood at nine and zero. There was also only one school that was able to reverse course and play after saying they were not going to be able to play in the postseason, and that was Southwood. that's a team you covered more than anybody all year, and that's a team of the schools that you cover for. Uh, The Bash, frankly, has the best chance of making a long tournament run. So where do you want to begin in talking about the week that was for
1: Southwood? You know, Halloween's coming up. This is 2020. It was a nightmare of a week, to be quite honest with you, because we had scheduled, as you know, uh, to broadcast the Northfield-Southwood game. Then Southwood came out and says, we cannot play. Back in the gear, we're done. So we flipped games and covered the Wabash-Manchester game thinking, hey, we're, we got to cover a game because these two teams are not going to play. Well, then, Greg, to be quite frank with you, at about 11, uh, 10, 1030 on Wednesday morning, it started in. And uh, I had calls. I had text messages from coaches, parents, administrators on what was going on, and yet what wasn't out in the public going on. And before the day was done, the last message I got Wednesday night was Southwood had 12 players test negative. They had it orchestrated the next morning for the balance of the varsity to go get tested. If they all tested negative, then there would be a ball game on Friday. At around 12 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock, uh, I get a text message, we're good to go. Then we start here and we talk to the, uh, we, we check with the superintendent. He said, decision has not been made. This was at 112. But exactly at 104, eight minutes prior, someone had announced from the staff that the game was on. So the game was on. Uh, it was played Friday night. Uh, Southwood went into it. Big eye, bushy tailed, excited. Norfield went in a little shell shock, Greg. Uh, to be quite frank with you, because they thought they had the week off, uh, they had scouting plans to go see other people play, and laid out the game plan for this coming week that we're going into now. Well, just to show you how Norfield did not play with focus, uh, they fumbled the ball seven times, lost five, threw wow, two wow. interceptions for seven turnovers in a game, uh, they drop a heartbreaker 36 to nothing, uh, 30, and when you look at that 36, you kind of shake your head, but Man, oh man, it was over literally after the first half, twenty nothing, and, and Norfield just could not get anything going in that bad boy, Greg. And it you, you feel sorry for Norfield; they go in ranked number eleven in the state, and Southwood comes in ranked number three. But it was not truly a matchup of ranked teams because one team was flat. I don't know personally, and I don't think you, as a former athlete, either. Well, maybe you still are an athlete, but but I don't know how a team could go into the tournament flat. But Norfield did and uh, Southwood went in higher than a kite and walked through it and now advanced to the second round.
0: I understand the mental letdown from Northfield. Even when you're playing your biggest rival, if you think, hey, we've gotten past these guys, even if it's not by the way you had envisioned and and the way that Northfield beat them last year and beating them on the field in the postseason, I understand where just mentally you can't can't flip that switch back if you're like, wait a minute, weren't we told two days ago we don't to play these guys, and now we do? Yeah. So I, one of the follow-up questions, I've been thinking about this this part of our conversation all weekend long. Uh-huh. Did both teams practice, like, the full amount the <laughs> entire week? I mean, h- how did the teams handle that?
1: That's a great question. Uh, Norfield knew they weren't going to play, so they were in helmets and shorts, conditioning, yeah. uh, working on some uh, a skilled – sets that they need to work on uh southwood uh was not allowed to practice uh due to they were in quarantine right so they weren't allowed to practice and uh then uh, like i said they actually were not this is the killer greg they were not going to announce until friday at 12 noon if they were even going to play the game friday night but because everything broke they actually announced it on thursday and Whoever you listen to, uh, some parents posted that the kids actually did have some practice during the week. Uh, Some people posted they didn't have practice during the week. But we know that they did get together on Thursday and get some walkthrough and things done. So to have full-fledged practices is normal. Neither team was able to do that this well. Not that they weren't able to. Uh, One wasn't able to, and one just did not. And let,
0: let me jump in here, and you feel free to correct anything I say that, that's incorrect in a general statement. Because in addition to being a radio broadcaster, in addition to being a longtime official, you are a high school sports coach. Those who don't know Baz is the softball coach at Bishop Loras High School in Fort Wayne. So he literally has been involved in kind of every different facet of high school sports over the course of the last five decades. Basically, if the players, and I got, I'm not saying from a – county health department standpoint Talking about from an ihsaa standpoint if the players organized themselves and basically said we're going to get together at the at the local park or somebody's backyard um, and 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 just do this of our own accord there's you can't really there's nothing wrong with that if a coach were to organize something like that off-site that's a big problem and I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, you know, ju- just kind of phrasing things out. So if right. the kids thought like as of Tuesday, there was any chance they were going to play on Friday, they could have just gotten together and, and, and organized it themselves. And, and that would have been, you know, perfectly fine. Was there ever any word from Northfield? And again, this is going to sound juvenile as I phrase it, but it's the best way I can think to describe it. Did they ever say, hey, no, no take backs? Once you said you're not playing, we're not going to play you this Friday. Was that ever thought about, talked about, stated uh, you know, publicly or openly by the folks at Northfield?
1: Well, let me just say this. As unique a question as that is, you got to remember one thing. They are the same school corporation uh-huh. and the same administrators govern both institutions. Now, if that would have happened, let's say, purely hypothetical, if that would have happened with a casting, or if that would have happened with an Adam Central, both uh, uh, in the same section, right? And it would have said, hey, we're not going to be able to play. Uh, I would find it uh, kind of a shock if they did play the game. Now, I do know they talked with the IHSAA, and the IHSAA said, If you play the game, we're okay with it as long as it's okay with your health department. Yep. The health department was the last say-so in this whole scenario. So once the health department cleared it, bingo, game's on.
0: And again, this next statement is in no way critical of the IHSAA. They have erred on the side of if you get local clearance, you can play. The IHSAA has made the rules as, as lax as possible to allow the majority of teams people to have a season. And that again, that's been kind of the standard operating procedure. And that's in no way a critique of me. That's been, and, and they've frankly been fair amongst all school districts uh, on this, that it's going to be up to you to decide if you're playing this year. We will conduct our tournament with as many teams that will be allowed to play in it as possible. And again, I think there were seven or eight. Uh, that ended up not playing in the in what would be the first rounds from a one a through four a standpoint. I know that as you and I are putting this together early in the week before week two for the semifinals of the sectional rounds in one A through six A, there has been one team in Cloverdale that I'm pretty sure had drawn a bye into the second round in two A. They have announced they are not playing. Uh, maybe maybe they're even in one A, uh, and I think they got Park Heritage. I think is who they're supposed to play, and so they get to move on uh, to, to the sectional final coming up a Friday from now. So Greg, okay. can, can, can I ahead.
1: interject this into here real quick? Uh, the IHSA has, has set the format. Uh, for everybody across the board that their local health department is the final word yep. uh, in, in gar- regards to this. Uh, but the IHSA need to be contacted, A, let them know that the game is going to be back on, that it was okay, plus uh, making sure, now this will sound odd, but to make sure they had an officiating crew for friday night so that that's another reason uh they contacted the ihsaa
0: right and, and again they're the ones that sanction the tournament they're the ones that provide the yeah. officials and yeah. frankly you you have to you have to give everybody more than 24 hours notice to make sure that can happen which is why the <laughs> yeah. idea of we're gonna announce friday at noon no you're not no 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 <laughs> thursday is the latest you're going to announce that and that's the way that it worked out and, and help me out with the Wabash schools. So wabash Southwood, Northfield are all one school corporation, and then Manchester is its own school corporation, correct?
1: Incorrect. Incorrect. A lot of people in Wabash County would like to have it that way. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, but actually, it's it's Northfield and Southwood are MSD of Wabash County. Okay. Wabash City is their own entity, and Manchester also is their own okay. community, their own school.
0: Okay. There we go. So, just again, just to explain, kind of, kind of the the regionality there. So, with that, final thing on this subject before we kind of move on to other games that took place last week and previewing the big games that are taking place this weekend is the five A and six A guys all make their debut in the tournament this weekend. And and this is not an apples to apples comparison. However, from my days of of doing the radio for IUPUI basketball, and I am almost going to try to compare what Southwood went through to when we at IUPUI would have some sort of travel snafu or problem. Um, when you didn't think about the game or thinking about somebody, something else other than the game, you know what happened? You inadvertently ended up playing really well. You didn't have time to worry. You just went out there and played. Do you think part of that is now at play for Southwood going forward?
1: No doubt. And, and the biggest thing that I would worry about uh being you know if i'm a southwood fan is are they going to let that big air out of the bubble or do they keep that momentum going looking forward to try to get past casting this week that, that put their target on adam central the following week i think that's the eye on the prize and then to get back past adam central to take on south adams a lot if he's in there but no i, I think they're with Coach Snyder and his staff, and the staff also is quarantined. They got the football team out of school to make sure they stay quarantined, yep. which they have to be. So uh, this this is so unique, so fluid. No matter what, it's going to continue to be a little strange. Baz, it's so
0: 2020 is what it, it is. is, it
1: uh, is. Uh, and, and again, you heard me say this
0: last week, that several of the larger schools in the Annapolis area have – You know, some have been all virtual. For example, North Central schools were that way. I think they went back in hybrid mode for the first time last week. My children attend Indianapolis Public Schools. They literally, over the course of October, have been welcoming back more students. But if you're fifth grade and under, you know, you're you're back full time. If you're sixth and over, so obviously the high school-aged kids, you know, you are back two days a week at most, but you have the option of doing everything online. A lot of schools around here have basically said, oh, you're a football player. Now, you're not going back to class. Uh, you know, with, with the idea of basically you yeah. have turned your football team into its own bubble. And then it is personal responsibility. Hey, you want to keep having a season? Hey, don't go out. Basically, you know, you go to practice, you come back to the house. And that's kind of the trade off that you have to have for these things to take place here in 2020. So you briefly described the game. It was all Southwood. They move on. And again, we'll spend more time on Southwood next week because we expect one of the better matchups in 1A next week. Between Southwood and Adams Central, let me tell you about my game on uh, Friday night. And you always, uh, you, I I, th- I still think you have that Carmel letter jacket on order for me from last year. Correct?
1: I do. I do. Now, I, I
0: I haven't. I, ha- I have the Hounds this week against Pike, um, but I haven't done as many Carmel games this year. Uh, we've spread the love a little bit more around. Maybe probably more North Central and Lawrence North than anything else. I've done from a game standpoint this year but I can't do a mick game the first week of the postseason tournament Bob because nobody's playing everybody in 6a has has a uh, has a game off so I did a little 3a football on Ooh. Friday night and I'm pretty sure for the first time in two years I called a football game on grass oh as in the natural stuff uh west at Indian Creek it was also the first time in two years that we had to worry about thunderstorms at our game. We were lucky. The thunderstorms came through like between five and six. The last lightning landed ended at 620. We kicked off on time at 707. And it was, well, I'll borrow your terminology. It was some slobber knocker football that was taking place. Uh, and, and part of it was even with not having that much rain, there was enough rain last week. They started to chew up the field a little bit, and it became a, a bit of a muddier uh, sled for each of those two teams. Tri-West is a team that came in at 7-2, and two, very good run-pass balance, but because of the conditions, turned into more of a running team. That even included their quarterback in Kai Ross, who accounted for all four Tri-West touchdowns, two rushing and two passing Both of the passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter when the game was tied at 14 as Tri-West pulled away for a 26-14 win. But the standabout Ross that impressed me the most, Bob, there's two of them, one passing and one rushing. The rushing totals, he had literally ran the ball 39 times all year. He had 25 carries on Friday night. uh, and, And again, two of those went for scores. But he found the end zone twice and didn't find a defender. And through 10 games this year, Baz, 26 touchdowns, one interception for Tri-West quarterbacks, Kai Ross, who, by the way, was a defensive back last year. This is his only year as the starting quarterback, and he goes for 26 touchdowns so far and one interception on the season.
1: Well, anytime you get that out of a quarterback, the <laughs> thing I look at those are INTs, the incompletions, but my goodness, 26 and one, those are phenomenal numbers that you can really build your offense around because it puts the uh, defense on their heels a lot because they don't know if they're that balanced of running and passing. That's awesome stuff right there. For Tri-West,
0: it was somewhat of a a costly victory as their numbers one and two, literally, uh, in the program, In Garrett Cora, uh, who who went over the 1000 yards rushing mark early in that victory on, uh, on Friday night, and Bryce Hendershot, Indiana University fans, you might have heard of his older brother Peyton that plays for the Hoosiers. Bryce is a pretty fair player as well, and God bless smaller class football because he's list, Bryce is listed as a wide receiver and defensive lineman. <laughs> he's Ooh. 6'3 and 220, and he played a little Wildcat quarterback uh, in the game uh, on Friday night as well. He unfortunately went out with a leg injury. Cora went out with a rib injury. I'm not sure if they'll be able to play against Greencastle this Friday, If Tri-West can get past Greencastle, which I think they should, then they get their big, you know, conference and county rival in Danville, who beat them earlier this year, 28-7. Danville's probably a team we're not talking about as much in 3A because they missed a couple of games due to COVID. So they're ranked in the top five, but they were 7-0 going to last weekend and not 9-0. But they also, do Danville, get the benefit of being in the southern half of the draw in 3A, which doesn't have Chatard in it uh, <laughs> or, or West Lafayette or Garen Catholic, as those guys are all in the northern half of the bracket. But anyway, it was great to be out in Liston on Friday night, get to see a little, little something different, We get to mix it up a little bit, and really enjoyed that. And my compliments to two very good coaches, Jason, we- Jason Ward, who was the Colts coach of the week in Week 7 for Tri-West – And my buddy Steve Spinks, in his first year as the head coach at Indian Creek, formerly was the head coach at Cascade. All right, with that, there were two results that I thought were worthy of a mention um, off the top of the broadcast before we focus our energy on what we think is going to happen this coming week. First of all, the big upset happened, I mentioned some of those teams in 3A, Garen Catholic knocked off West Lafayette, 20-18 to Uh, again, Chittard is the heavy favorite in that sectional. They were last year. A lot of folks just assumed that Westside and Chittard would play each other next week. No, no. Garen's going to get a second shot of Chittard. They were beaten 35-0 in that neighborhood a few weeks ago. Again, it's the postseason. Things can change. But a big win for Garen, surprising Westside on Friday night. The other game was not as much of a surprise. It's it's a matchup we talked about last week. East Central. Yeah big win over Silver Creek and again, it's it's just kind of the reminder to Silver Creek. They play some some good 2A and 3A schools. They don't play anybody at the 4A level. I question the conference schools that East Central plays, but the East Central's credit, they've got this you know great historical tradition of football and this year alone they played Moeller, Ron Colley, and Chatard. So they were battle tested and ready for that game. And East Central went to Sellersburg. And unfortunately for the Dragons, put a hurting on them last Friday
1: night. Yeah, that was a big score 35 to nothing to shut them out. Kind of surprised me. That was one of the scores I was looking for first this week. And East Central, uh, Greg, uh, must really be very solid. As you say, Uh, they played the juggernaut there, uh, those trifecta. Uh, Anytime I'm a firm believer from being up this way, watching lures over the years, that's what I relate to, uh, playing the big boys every day, the five A's, the six A's, whoever it may be, and then they're ready for the state tournament. That's exactly what teams need to do.
0: I think there is something to be learned from this fall with having games get moved around. And again, uh, Ron Colley was supposed to be on the schedule. Chittard has formerly been on East Central's schedule, which is why it made it easy to find each other in week number two. And Moeller was basically one Ohio school replaced another um, on the dock. It was supposed to be East Central's big rival at Harrison in week three. Harrison wasn't ready to play yet. Moeller said, we'll play it and come to St. Leon. And East Central beat them. Uh, you know for that quick trip for molar up I-74. But I 74. But I think what's going to happen out of this is you will have more schools that look around and say, you know what? Maybe we don't maybe we don't need to be in a conference for football. Ooh. Maybe we are better served in being an independent in football. And there is there is one school in the state that has done that. And, and maybe they've not been as successful as they were five or six years ago, but I do think they're a better football team because of it. And I'll point their result on Friday night as to why. So Linton-Stockton is a team, and it's, and it's unique. Linton-Stockton's, you know, in southwest Indiana where not as many schools play football, and they were kind of in a combination of a couple of different leagues that formed a football conference to help with scheduling. And about six or seven years ago after Linton-Stockton kind of kept getting beat at the 1A semi-state, just, you know what? We're going to go completely independent. We're going to find the best teams we can play because we think this is going to help us win a state championship. And eventually they did. They made it to the state finals, I think, twice or maybe three three years running, at least a couple of years back to back. And so they play an independent schedule. And I've always thought that Columbus East, Penn, East Central uh, would benefit from doing something like that. Where I just don't think now again, Penn's not what they were a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe it's a different story for Penn these days. Um, but I've, because of some of these schools saying, you know what, we got a good team this year. As a two A school, Pioneer Eastside, we'll go play a four A or a five A or a six A school. Yeah. And I and I again, the law of unintended consequences. It would not surprise me after this fall, some schools said, you know what maybe we're better off not playing a full conference schedule or almost offering schools in our league if you've been a dominant team in your league for so long, like Columbus East has been. You go, guys, we're offering the chance to get out of a football contract with us. Who wants to play us and who doesn't? And maybe you play the schools that want to play you, you don't compete for a conference championship, and then you say, you know what, this is going to make us better come postseason time. I'm not saying it's going to happen, yeah. but, Bob, I think it just might.
1: Yeah, I, I can I can see your thought. Uh, I, I guess the big rationale off that I guess you call them the Notre Dame of high school football, right? Uh, uh, yeah, because you got to think of everything, and, and a lot of schools say, "Well, if we don't have you for football because you help us generate money." If you're a big football school, you bring great fans in. Uh, maybe we we got to go look a different direction because we go all conference schedule now, and then I don't know. I mean, it's a good thought. The premise, it's there. You know what I mean? Uh, Right. To be able to do that. But, boy, I think there's a lot of things in there ADs look at that uh, uh, would kind of scare the snot out of them. Yep. Not having a pin come into their stadium at South Bend, uh, uh, St. Joe, because they bring money into St. Joe.
0: That's a great point. And, And I'll give you the other example. You know, look at what Evansville's league, the SIAC, did in bringing in Jasper and Vincent's lincoln Basically, for the express purposes of, hey, we're tired of trying to find non-conference games in weeks one and week two. Yeah. We will be done with this. Ten teams, full round robin, nine weeks, we're done. Thank you very much. So, again, I understand if it goes in a different direction. My guess is there are some schools that are thinking about it. All right, we'll get to this week's matchups after this. Uh, our podcast presented by Lawrence and Logical University, located in Southfield, Michigan. 27 teams across 22 sports. Track and field, men's volleyball, some of the newest offerings. Nothing like being a college athlete. Check this out. Head on over to ltuathletics.com. Click on the Be Recruited tab. Fill we'll will the questionnaire for your sport, and the incredible coaching staff will get it. Recruit yourself. You can even intern with the State Champs Sports Network while you're living the dream and getting one of the best educations out there. Your journey begins at ltuathletics.com. All right, Baz, who you got
1: on Friday night? Well, we're going to go to Southwood uh, this Friday night as the cast and comments come over. Uh, Southwood, as we would all know, uh, 10-0 right now, playing very good. And I keep saying it, a lot of people don't listen to it. This defense Southwood has is a total juggernaut period, 85 points on the entire season. Right now, they're playing great defense, really good offense, and getting the third facet in there special team. So this is a complete program that I think should handle Caston relatively easy and then move on to Adam Central.
0: All right. My game is Pike and Carmel, and I'm hoping it's anything, something close to what it was back in week four because we had it on ISC, but another crew had that game. <laughs> Our game we had was pretty good at Lawrence North and North Central, but Pike and Carmel went double overtime, and Carmel won that one 45-44. Oh. And since that week, Carmel hasn't lost They were one and two going into that game. And by the way, those two were center grove and cathedral. Uh, And so again, Carmel is in the southern half of the bracket for the first time since the formation of 6A. If they can get past Pike, they are likely going to Brownsburg next week. So uh, Pike had some injuries late in the year. They now have had a bye week trying to recoup from those. But Pike and Carmel, that's the game that I will have on Friday night on ISC and my TV. When I want to ask you about sectional three because of the wide-open nature of the northern half of the bracket. When I see Carroll, Warsaw, Snyder, and Homestead, I see four really solid football teams where I don't think there's that much that separates that group of four. When you look at sectional three, Baz, what do you see?
1: Well, right now, Warsaw is playing really good football, and uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored in that ball game uh, this Friday night with Carroll. But Homestead also is playing some outstanding football. Now, I have talked with some people in Fort Wayne. When I thought Snyder was going to make that comeback, as we talked a few weeks ago, and everything scored away, gets a big 40 to nothing win, and then they turn around and lose again. Uh, right now, I really look really look for the uh, championship of that sectional uh, to be Carroll and Homestead again for a rematch. But uh, I'll just say this. Don't count out Bart. Uh, he'll he'll have his kids uh, in Warsaw playing awfully good against Carroll. It could come down to who has the ball last in that ball game. Again, does Warsaw play the schedule of
0: the other three schools? No, they don't. No. But you know, always know Bart's teams are extremely well coached, yeah. and Bart Curtis, who has made yes. the move from Mishawaka to Warsaw the last couple of years, and does Warsaw play an offense that's very difficult to prepare for? Yes, absolutely, they do. Now. I think having the extra bye week helps if you can get your scout team to play kind of how Warsaw does. Um, but anyway, again, I, I, think, I think Warsaw can be in the mix. And Warsaw was in more of a South Bend area sectional last yes. year with Elkhart coming into 6A, that bumped Warsaw to Fort Wayne, it also bumped Noblesville into what made sense in all Hamilton County Group, they, Westfield, Hamilton, Southeastern, and Fishers. But stick in your neck of the woods, but drop down to 4A. Sectional 19, we talked about East Noble and Columbia City last week, I'm talking about the other half of the bracket. A great historic program in Northwood and Leo, while maybe not to the state finals level as Northwood has been, Leo has now built a consistent winner every year. Give me your thoughts on that game, if you don't mind.
1: Well, you look at Warsaw playing very good, right? Who beats Warsaw? It was Northwood. And uh, one thing I've really looked uh, since uh, Coach Bollebacher was at uh, uh, Leo and and became athletic director and how they've shuffled things around up there in the past couple of coaches, Uh, I look at Leo right here. I call it an upset. Eh, maybe not, but I look for Leo to win that game. I really do. I look for that, for East Noble to win the upper bracket, and those two face each other uh, coming uh, next week. But Leo is very, very talented, but the big thing I look at Leo, uh, Greg, is the fact they're extremely physical, just like Northwood, but I think they're a little more diversified than what the, uh, the Panthers are, and I, I just think Leo gets this one.
0: By the way, uh, you, we mentioned East Central and Silver Creek. East Central gets Mooresville, uh, okay. and those are two top five teams right there. Uh, for many years, East Central kind of played that sectional winner in the semi-state, just the way things were drawn up, the way teams were moved around. Uh, East Central has been in that sectional with those teams uh, the last couple of years. East Central beat Mooresville last year. No, they didn't. Mooresville beat East Central last year. East Central has to go back to Mooresville this year. That game should be absolutely outstanding I mean, coming up uh, in the 4A side of the bracket. Anything else for the good of the cause this afternoon, my friend?
1: Going to be a great week of high school football. Going to be Indiana football weather Friday night. Get out and watch these kids play. They deserve it. And by the way, I got to ask you, what do you think about Lafayette Jeff uh, this week? Uh, they got such a cakewalk to get ready for next week. <laughs> with Lake Central yeah. uh, no. no Lafayette
0: Jeff and Maraville will see each other next week yeah. in the final no doubt about that um, but they drew each other in the opening round again I don't think this Lafayette Jeff team is as good as last year's Lafayette Jeff team which could not get past Maraville. Lafayette yeah. Jeff is solid but again I still think Maraville is the favorite uh, but uh, they can worry about that next week yeah each got to win their game if you're able to play each other in the likely sectional one championship. Baz, you stay safe, buddy. We'll do it again next week. All righty, Take care. For Bob Bazzy. this is Greg Regstrom. Thanks to Wes Wolf behind the scenes. You have been listening to the State Champs Indiana Extra Point Podcast presented by Lawrence Technological University.